0: felt like it was everywhere and so I wanted to go back with this book to look at other moments in history where women um, in particular got together and made change and like what can you learn from what can you learn from that we had suffrage was the best sort of starting point for that um, and see and you know a hundred years ago women uh, won the right to vote um, and a lot's changed, but also 100 years on, we are still grossly undervalued, grossly underrepresented um, in positions and powers relative to men, and it's like, well, like, wh- what does this generation do now? And you know, the answer is always, <laughs> the answer always is, which is people who think they can make a difference come together and are committed to do so, and um, secure rights, uh, work really hard to secure rights the moment that they're in, and those continue on, and I feel like that's what we have to do now.
1: One of the things, I mean, I have in- some specific examples of that too. Yes, <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> dive into that. Um, as I was reading, like my notes were kind of all over the place, as you all can see from these pages. But um, one of the things that you do in the book is reframe some of the ch- the challenges, because you talk about imposter syndrome right. and how there's actual actually a kernel of truth. And from my reading of the book, that ties back to your larger idea that essentially we've been tol- sold a bill of goods and told to put our ladder up against this wall only to find out it wasn't a wall or a building for us at all. Right. So walk ta- tell us a little bit about how you you came to that understanding and broke open into this book so I um,
0: you know I grew up um, like my my career was mostly it started in the 90s and I felt like that other women baby boomer women had sort of fought the fight fight They'd won access, and I was like, okay, great, like, that's over, that, that, that part's done, you know, and I was just, I was grateful for them, but I thought I was just going to read the benefits, and there'd be a woman president, and, you know, we would, ca- you know, we had, we were still behind, but we would catch up, and I always had great male colleagues, some of them were here, Matt Larrick, uh, Steve McDermott, uh, and who always wanted Moon to do well, but, like, still, they, they rose faster than me, Right. Um, uh, one of our one of our good friends and colleagues, Dan Pfeiffer, he hired me to be his commun- to be the deputy communications director when he was White House communications director. He was ten years older than me. I mean, so, excuse me, he was ten years younger than me. Dan does not think he's ten years better than me, right? But just like in our paths, he was recognized. He rose really fast. I didn't rise as fast, and I like started looking around. You know, like there weren't women presidents. There weren't. You know, there was like you know eight women senators. It just like it wasn't happening, and. I used to have some girlfriends that would complain about it being a man's world and I, I, I never went along with that because I thought that was like griping and it sort of like diminished what I had accomplished, right? Because I didn't want to think that way, that it was a man's world and, um, but, and I thought I was doing great. Mm-hmm. But then when I came to see it was like I'm not, eventually what I came to realize was I wasn't doing great in a man's world, I was doing great making it run well for them. You know, I was doing great perpetuating these sort of like power dynamics. So people would say about me, um, we couldn't do it without her. You know, she's a great number two, uh, right? Yeah, I hear that a lot, don't you? Yeah, she's a great number two. I don't know about number one, but she's a great number two. Uh, and I was sort of satisfied with that. I liked being the person that everyone could rely on. And then you real, but you realize you're not. Uh, you're not getting paid the same. You tell yourself the t- the titles and the money don't matter, and when you do that, you are perpetuating it. And particularly for white women who have like a sort of like better perch mm-hmm. uh, than people of color, it means you're enabling. You know, it's like more of a responsibility to break out of that because you're really enabling that system to continue. And of course, like you know, and in and in and in and it blocks people of color out. Uh, you know, you know, and it has for 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 centuries. So. It was seeing all of that and I thought if I, if I described it to people in a more objective way, maybe we could look at it differently. Like, you're not wrong to have an imposter syndrome because you are working in a, in a, in a world that was built, power systems that were built centuries ago mm-hmm. by men for them. And we've always been trying to fit in. I mean, look at Kamala Harris standing over there in her suit, <laughs> right? The way we dress, the way we speak. Um, And for a while sort of following a man's path and like modeling their behavior, I think that made sense, but it doesn't anymore. And this was, I was trying to have women and and men both sort of like look at the situation more objectively. Imagine if men had been, if women had been in power from the start, how a man might feel, how a boy might feel growing up in America if 75% of Congress were women. How would a guy feel growing up in America if all our presidents had been women, you know? If every Friday night the entire town turned out to watch girls play soccer and women play football on television on Sundays, like maybe you would feel like you don't quite fit in, right? Um, so look at it that way, but then also appreciate that the fact that we do succeed nevertheless, right? right. And appreciate all of those skills. Name them. Take the ones that still work. Yeah for you on the journey and leave the stuff behind that holds you back.
1: It's interesting this, um, you know, we we talk about women, working women, working moms, having to balance it all, but literally, even for us to break through and break free, the balance continues. It's like, be grateful for those firsts, be grateful for the accomplishments, but also understand that's not the end. There are more steps.
0: There's more. There are more steps, and that when I've come to learn is like it's on. You know, it's on. I felt like I I have a lot to catch up for because I was Gen X. I thought it was all done, um, and now I was like, oh, I gotta like you know, we gotta fight really hard to sort of make up for that, for that lost ground. And I did find, um, in this book, a lot of history. You know, um, the Declaration of Sentiments um you know which was the which was the declaration that was part of um, Seneca the Seneca Falls convention and it was just four women sitting around their farmhouse table you know it was Elizabeth Caddy Stanton controversial conflicted figure for sure um, and three women uh, Mary McClintock and her two daughters and you know, it's 1850s, they have no sense of power, they have no they have no reason to believe anyone would care what they think, and they wrote this down, the rights that they thought that they were deserved. And it took 70 years to win suffrage. It was very controversial. Um, even at the time, people didn't want to include in the Declaration of Sentiments. Frederick Douglass actually is the one credited with speaking in Seneca Falls to say, women need this right. So, you know, an early lesson on alliances. Um, But they just thought they had that right. And I have a new example that's not in the book that I'd like to share, Precious, because I think it's relevant to uh, Roe. So do you all know, here's a little quiz. Uh, What state has the strongest abortion protections in its state constitution? Abortion rights protections. Huh? No. It's kind of a, tr- it's kind of a, it a trick. Question? It's kind of a it's te- kind of a trick question. It's Montana. What? Yeah, what? <laughs> I know exactly, because um, in 1971, the League of Women Voters in Montana very strong. Uh, Jeanette Rankin, first woman ever elected to Congress, she's from the state of Montana. They were early suffrage state. You know, Western women. We live we're in a Western state here. Strong partners. Strong partnership with the men in their lives. Um, they decided, they, uh, they had a terrible constitution in, in Montana because the cop, basically the mining industry, wrote it. Um, very def- crazy, crazy constitution. And they wanted to k- take power back. It's like the early 70s, pre row pre row people, it's amazing. Um, and they got a constitutional convention going. There's this one woman, May Nan Ellingson, 24 years old, Missoula. She was elected as the youngest delegate. 100 delegates uh, were elected as part of the Constitutional Convention. And they wrote what is seen as having the strongest individual rights of any state constitution. There's a right to privacy. There's a right to dignity. There's a right to a good education. There is a right in the Montana State Constitution for a clean and healthy environment. It's why it's why it's people from Montana like to say they're not Idaho. It's why they're not Wyoming. <laughs> it's why they're not Colorado because they have some protections that protect their streams, protect their it, protect their air, um, and sh- you know demand good schools. It's um, you're required to learn Indian education in public schools in Montana because that's in the constitution. But it's the combination of the right to dignity and the right to privacy, that. Confers the right to abortion, and st- in a, in a, r- the Montana Supreme Court ruled that 20 years ago. Uh, you know, they have a terrible Republican governor and a terrible Republican legislature. They've passed all sorts of bad abortion bills, not as bad as other states, because even Montana people—they're proud of the constitution. People in Montana know about their constitution; they're really proud of it. Um, and it's not—they it, it, know that it won't stand up in court. And so, like that, if you look at a map. Um, like, where it shows all the trigger states, the states with trigger laws, it's weird, but it just, like, stands out on its own that you can't you can't do it here, because not that many women, it's a small state, but they got together, they organized this convention, so the people of, of Montana decided what they wanted to enshrine for rights, that the state legislator couldn't touch, right? And 50 years later, now, they're trying to undo it, of course, but 50 years later, that still stands. So, like... I think that's where we are. We like, it's not like, oh, why isn't Biden doing more? Like, why can't he do more? Why can't it is like we have to decide what we want those rights to be, and figure out the way that we need to enshrine them. As we, as you and I talked about yeah. before, Precious so that they stay and they're not, right, right. they stick this time.
1: So many questions, even just um, from the first half of your answer there, uh, but let's go ahead and kind of dive in and really parse out the manifesto <coughs> and the things that can be done. Um, one of the things, if you all haven't read the book or picked it up, I highly encourage you to do so. It's excellent. It's a great read and the paperback was just released this year. We mm-hmm. have some copies for sale. One of the things that you do that I really enjoyed is each chapter opens up with like a modified take on the manifesto. Yep. And so there, it feels like list of action items. Um, We love to do lists. (laughs) (laughs) So what in this moment, what um, from the manifesto would you say, we'll say like the top three must-dos right now?
0: And I did that because I think sometimes books about women leadership can be a little, um, uh, you know, they can just be to amorphous, and that you know, it's like we need. I need like concrete things to come out, right? And so, like this is stuff that you can do in your own life. These are these are basically it's either changing the way you're thinking or leaving behind bad sort of behaviors and biases that you've that you've um, uh, that you have. Uh, you know that we've all like, that we have all internalized. So I think the number one thing is support other women, right? So that is. That is support women is <laughs> the that is that is the book in in, in in two words. When we buy into the sense that success is a finite resource for women, we make it true, right? If you if you if you buy into the notion that women are in competition with, with women, you make it true. I really think this is the biggest thing that like, if there was one thing we could change that would, I think, would make a big difference, it would take, like, take the lid off of, like, women um, uh, doing well, it is thinking that we're in competition as opposed to allied with each, uh, allied with each other. Uh, it's not just, it's not just, like, something that feels good, it's, like, actually sort of, like, sociologically true. Once women become 30% of a, um, of a, of, of a company or an organization... theory. Yes. That... That's when real change happens. When you stop, you stop feeling like a token or an other. You you know you're you're looked upon for the your the own value that you have, not as like a, oh just a woman or just a person of color. Like, whatever it is, you are. Uh, that is that's what takes. That's where you know that's where there is real. Um, that is where there is real power. And so I think that is. That is the most important thing, and the second is just to believe in, in your own power to make um, to make a difference. Like the women that that we have, can, like we can grow, we have seen um, that we have that we have seen throughout history, and then um, you know I th- I think that for I have a chapter called Partners, and it's 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 for men, and also I just think it's for if anybody's looking to be an ally, um, you know. You f- for the march for marginalized and just what you can do, how we can just like get at the root of things like every time I look at some business being formed, it's almost always three guys, right <laughs> like if you're one of those three guys, don't do it like bring a woman in at the at the ground floor um you know go to women's- so- you know go to women's sporting events marcy marcy's sister my friend marcy's her sister here is on the United States national bandy team. Do you all know what bandy is? No, it's kind of like hockey, but not really. I can't understand it. <laughs> but anyway, go, you know, go see, go see the bandy teams. But it, it is, it's when we get at the root of what we, we don't value women as much as men, right? We just don't, and we show, we show that 15 times an hour, from you know how much money our athletes make to how, um, to how much harder it is for women to succeed in in politics. So I think if it's like being those good partners, believing in the power of your own voice, and then women supporting each other, that
1: would make, you know, that would take the lid off. So I have a couple of points. My brain is saying pushback, but they're not really pushback, Pushback. more more clarifying. So I, I can't imagine any woman being like, no, don't support women. But for me, it feels like there should be like an asterisk or maybe an extension, Right. support women who support women. <laughs> you know, because okay, there's, yeah. I mean, hello, I'm yes. from Georgia, and I feel like oh. every day I have to apologize for MTG. You don't, you don't, you don't. You don't. I mean, oh. i uh, so sorry. Well, why don't you take credit <laughs> for
0: Stacey Abrams instead?
1: Thank You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Blattoms, when it comes to like know. Stacey and Senator Warnock and Senator yeah. Ossoff, Totally claiming that they are actually, you know, in Atlanta, but the other one's still out there. Yeah, you know,
0: the um, I think well, there's a couple of asterisks. I guess there's, you know, uh, I mean, I try to, I do try to understand the women that are coming from a different place. You know, I do, I do because I think that, you know, we're not, no one's going anywhere. I mean, I'm not anyway. I'm not leaving my country. I'm staying and fighting and. They're not going anywhere, so I'm trying to understand and figure it and and figure it out. Um, so, yeah, support women that support other women. But then the other asterisk is not all women are in a position to push back against the, you know, patriarchal power systems. A lot of women are not, and I think, and but I am, right? I'm 55 years old. I'm relatively successful. I can, like... I can, I can push back, I can push back on behalf of my younger colleagues, I, you know. So it is like, uh, and, 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 and everyone should be aware, you should know what it looks like to push back, you should know what it looks like to, uh, y- you know, and I give you the tools to kinda like think that through and see if you can do it, but it is, those of us that are in the position to, to do it safely, because we gotta live in the real world too, yeah. right? We gotta live yeah. in the real world as we're pushing to, to change it,
1: should, change, should, should, should push. So another point that comes up, um, and you touched on it a little bit, but I wanna go a little deeper. Um, You talked about, uh, I forget, McClintock's daughters, I believe, Mm -hmm. and how they um, befriended more, um, I'll say activist British um, suffragettes. Oh, yeah. And reading that and just kind of thinking about where we are now, and um, our event manager, Angelina, there is much younger than me. <laughs> she, <laughs> just, she turned 22 in May? May. And I find our conversations so fascinating because back to that particular piece, that energy that they had, that like rebel, like burn it all down, that is very yeah. much Angelina. Yeah, um, And very. I, I feel that is very much the energy of are Gen Z Gen Z women. Yeah. And you juxtapose that with we love her, but Nancy Pelosi, who isn't Gen X, she's a boomer, rock solid. And it's like, how is she even a boomer? I mean, yeah, is she greatest generation? I I, yo.
0: She's not, yeah. That's my grandparents. Yeah, I mean, I mean, wow. I mean, look, she is, like, an incredible, like, force of nature, and I got, like, nothing but respect for her. But she is, like, yeah, she's, like, even yeah. older than that,
1: yeah. So how do we, or, or what do you say about that tension? Because, to my mind, women supporting women who support women <laughs> and women leveraging their, their voice, whatever privilege they have, should also come with at least a moment of taking the step back, like you referenced yeah. about how pretty much every start of there are three dudes, and you're so right when you said that I chuckled. Um, they're not always white. They're but not they're three, as always that it's, it's literally it's like a design principle from HGTV <laughs> where they're like, make sure your vases are in threes. but yeah <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Shouldn't that same idea apply to those women who are, In these more established pinnacles of power,
0: yeah. So what and what the what you're describing in terms of generational tension this 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 was like back in the suffrage days. It was like Elizabeth Cady Stanton um, and uh, Susan Anthony who were like um, they were the first generation, you know, and like side story, like big ugly blow up over race. You know, abolitionists, suffragists were all aligned then came the amendment i forget, i guess it was the 17th 18th. this this is what would give me, all men including black men ostensibly the right to vote after the civil war the white women suffragists opposed it cuz they were like why would they you know really nasty language why should they get the right to vote before we do anyway Obviously, black men didn't really get the right to vote in the, in the 19th century in America, uh, and the women didn't either. They, they split, and then it was, like, another 50 years before women got the right to vote, um, and then another 50 years more before black people got the right to vote. So it was, like, a bad, sorry, bad alliances. And um, But those women kind of hung on and clung to their ways, and then Elizabeth Cady Stanton's... It was Elizabeth Cady Stanton's daughter, actually, uh, Harriet Blanton, Blanton, I think... Um, who was like the next generation is going to be so patient and they weren't. And that was when you had Alice Paul. That's when you had like the young women who posted themselves out in front of the White House, who like went on hunger strikes, who were jailed and they had a much more aggressive. And the and there was fighting, you know there was the more moderate group, just like today, there was a more moderate group, there was the more activist group. you needed them both. Um, and some of the women leaders saw the, saw, you know, the uh, beauty and, and, and the good and like the younger women fighting more aggressively and you know didn't really get out of the I wouldn't say they got out of the way. And I don't think that anybody needs to get out of the way. It's like a democracy. Voters can choose, you know, they don't want to vote for somebody who's older. They don't they don't have to do it. And anybody I don't think anybody should wait to someone else steps aside to run. They should run if they think that they're a good a good candidate. But there were some that, you know, thought that and mean, you know, a lot of older women said this is you know they thought it's good. And that's how I was talking to a younger like a Gen Z, and I said, I felt like I feel like my role is to kind of call out when I see sort of like gender bias at work, and your job is to not accept it when it does the way I did. <laughs> right So like that's how I see generations can work
1: together. Yeah. So are you, do you, are you hopeful? Are you feeling hopeful with Gen Z and what you are seeing kind yeah. of Yeah, oh yeah, I was like, I was yeah. like,
0: <laughs> where was I recently where I was like, oh yeah, good luck. You know, for like the right wing, I was like, okay, yeah. Like just, just seeing, um, I, this was for the circus a few months ago and Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida who like keeps making up bills that to solve problems that don't exist. Um, he was signing the Stop Woke Act. Oh, you think you know what that is, but you don't. You think that's the don't say gay bill, but it's not. It's something it's else. A whole <laughs> it's a whole nother totally fake thing called the, the Stop <laughs> Woke Act. And he was signing it at a high school in Miami. And uh, they wouldn't let us in to the bill <laughs> signing. And they wouldn't let in the, the students were not at the bill signing at all. They had, like, students that they carted in, but they were not the students... Uh, From the school, and I saw the students from the school like walk past me as they're leaving school. And it's like, you know, girls with their girlfriends and guys with their boyfriends, and just this like amazing mix of cultures because it's South Miami. And they had no idea Ron DeSantis is in their gym signing this stupid bill, and they could not have cared. And I was just like, you can't stop this. You can't stop America from becoming what it's going to be. If we all, I mean, I am optimistic because I do think that. It is like a scary most most scary, precarious time I've ever seen or thought I would ever see in my life. But and I think we're in it for a long time. We're in this fight for a long time. But that makes me optimistic.
1: Okay. You sure? No.
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> Definitely not sure. <laughs> Definitely not sure. Like it is like, you know, like you gotta you gotta organize constitutional conventions. Like I'm yeah. not, you know, even in blue state. I mean, I know that in this state, I know there's now a constitutional amendment to put it in, but it's like you know that's what's on. That's what's at stake now. It is citizens have to decide. What do you want your country to be? You see, you know, you know. My perspective. I'm really glad Joe Biden is president, but you shouldn't think that just because he's president, he's going to be able to solve all the problems. Like, there's a fight for the soul of this country. Like it, it, it this is, that we haven't seen in 150 years, and it means people have to engage in a different way, and we can come out of this completely broken, 50 different states of America, like, be like the EU, you know? Like, that could be, right? It could be like the um, or, Miles doesn't like yeah, that. he,
1: he no. was upset. That's Miles. <laughs>
0: um, or, we could come out sort of revitalized. Yeah. You could lock rights into place the way, you know, the way those women in Montana did. The way May Nan Ellingson did when she was 24 years old.
1: I have to say, like, one, I am very grateful pride was great, but I'm glad June is over. Because May and June were so heavy because oh. of like one cut, next cut, another one, another one. And you're just like, Can I just breathe? That was well, yeah. You right. know yeah, and it's May like and June were the huge gray balloon of Dobbs, the case overturning row because we had the leak. Guns. And you're just like uh, oh, what did I? Guns.
0: Yes. Oh. Guns. There's like all sorts of ones where forget. I mean, there's like this. There's it was, so was just many. wave after wave. Right. Yeah. I
1: mean, like literally just see. It was a lot. EPA. That's the other one. EPA. Yeah. Um, School prayer, even. Yeah. I mean, I was fascinated to read an excerpt from the decision where they're like, you know, this coach, he's just doing it in the, pro- you know, on his own. It's quiet. It's in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> the players feel no pressure. Players to no pressure. <laughs> I'm like, he's on <laughs> the 50 <laughs> yard line, y'all. The players want to I'm play. Sure the, play- you know, the players wouldn't be
0: concerned that that might affect their playing time if they don't
1: participate. I'm sure that wouldn't hurt. Yeah. And it's like now that it's July and I have had the long weekend to get some sleep, <laughs> like, I realize the sort of clarification by fire that these last two months have actually been, the focus that comes in to your point, because it's like, okay, we need to, d- what do we want? Um, how do you, how are you feeling about how it, it's being harnessed? Because I think a lot that's in the book, in, t- in some of the points, some of the manifesto elements, I see that already happening, maybe not as organized, but do you see it kind of permeating already?
0: I, it's too early to tell, but I do see, um, I mean, I, I, I see, like, we see some we see some evidence of that. We see some evidence of that in terms of what, you know, like, this happening in this state with, like, constitutional, you know, mm-hmm. constitutional amendment. You see people understanding that they have to, that they have to take, like, big, bold actions. I feel like the midterms are gonna tell us a lot, is it, will it be sustained? Well, the thing that I worry about is will people feel demoralized or outraged? And you can't like feel demoralized. Everyone, You have to feel, you have to feel, you have to feel outraged. And um, you know, the country, you know, politicians are not reacting to public opinion because not everyone who, you know, not everyone votes. If everyone did, it would be different. Um, so I just like it, it. It's too soon to tell, but it does feel it does feel different. I'd rather be our side than
1: theirs. I do have to say one thing. I appreciate is um, your what you are. Your what you've you've put out there. It do, it's not vote and send us some money. 'Cause that was the <laughs> right w- that was gross. Right. Yeah. But the idea of yeah, 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 yeah. You still have to vote. Yeah. And you have to get from behind your screens, get out of the house and move.
0: You have the power if you use it, you know. Yeah. Stop looking for Biden to solve everything. He can't do this. You have more power than he does, you know. You have it to to like organize and decide what kind of country that you're going to want. But it is I mean that is like it is this is a fight.
1: This yeah. is, yeah. So kind of going back to the crux of the book. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, as I was saying, it just lends itself to so many um, other arenas of discussion. Um, how is, it's, the, the subtitle is a declaration from a man's world. Right. How do you define a man's world?
0: It's a place where uh, women are, where men are vastly overrepresented and overvalued relative to women. Right. Mm-hmm. Just like look at it objectively. And I'm not, and it doesn't work well for anyone. It's not working well for anybody, right? It's not as if I don't I don't come at it from a perspective that like men are try, are actively trying to um hold women down, mm-hmm. but like it happens anyway, right? Yeah. It happens by the inattention, it happens by because these by because like these 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 power systems that we have all sort of and women have you know women like me grew accustomed to them learned how to survive even if not thrive in them and now I realize oh and that's why I wanted to say like it is a declaration of independence from man's in world like you have learned everything you could from there it does not value you yeah <laughs> um, it does not see you as an equal it will not change you have to get out of it and you get out of it by changing those things that are in your head, like by understanding like, oh, I actually don't fit in here. Oh, this actually, this does not, This th- you know, people say, well, you know, women athletes aren't paid as much as men because women's sports don't make as much. Yes, I understand we built the market to value men over women. Yes, right. we did.
1: Yeah, one of the, that argument always makes me chuckle because in soccer in particular, yeah. if that were the case, would they have battled as hard as they did against just the simple respect of equal pay? Yeah. Like, to see the soccer association willing to go to war with Megan Rapinoe, and I'm like, y'all are going to lose. You're going to
0: lose. She's and like and this destroy. is the first time it's, it's, it worked. Like, yeah. this is the first time, because yeah. the women actually did bring in more money than the yeah. men, right? Yeah. And yeah. that is, like, the sports is interesting, because you can sort of, because there's, it can be relatively, because you, you win or you lose, and there's there's metrics to you know just to, sh- to show uh, that someone is succeeding yet they're still not winning the same respect so it's like a good way to kind of uh, unearth you know like unearth these these things yeah. um, and so I do like I do feel you know you feel like some sense of that um, of that getting better but I wanted it to be a that's why I wanted it to be like an actual declaration of independence. I am stepping I am not going to be dependent on that kind of thinking anymore and have it be specific things that you can change. you know we need a, you know you need the world to change along with you, but things that you can you know recognize in your own head and sort of enrich yourself of.
1: So you envision it as a mindset and outlook change, not so much a systemic, change or burn it all well, down
0: that's here. how you i think that's how you get systemic change Is like okay. if people will change it, what's in their which what, what is if they change what, what is in their own mind they're going to behave differently within the system and that is what's going to burn it down okay. <laughs> and and for some people it will be i am burning it down for some women it will be i'm going to speak up more in a i'm going to like have my sister's back when she says a point and nobody. And no one responds, but a guy says the same thing and right. everyone says that's so smart. Like I'm gonna point out, you know. So I think for different, it can mean you need that whole spectrum. You need the spectrum of the people who say they're gonna burn it down. And you need the older woman who's finally gonna like speak up and realize that when she does, things change. Yeah. they really do they really do and when you say something i promise you every there are other people in the room that are thinking the same thing and they didn't know that what you said could be said and it like it and it and it changes the world and so i don't there's not one way some people are going to be more radical than others but these are the precepts these are the sort of the the things to flip okay in your brain so i S- see it
1: so did you write this for just women to read or are you hoping and intending for men to read and also...
0: Yeah, also flip because they need to flip too. Yeah, and I have, um, and, I, and some, and men have, um, I think when, I, when men read it, the like I said, there was a partner, there's a chapter about partners about, you know, because I know I know a lot of guys that are like, well, what more can I, you know, what more can, yeah. we, what can we do? Uh, what, what men that have read it, what they said really resonates with them. It's a chapter where I say I go through it, it's sort of like this exercise what I did with you a little bit before about how, like, how would you feel if we watched women play soccer? <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. that whole thing. And they're like, "Wow, I had not right, I hadn't looked at it that yeah. at that way." You know, so it's always like women are doing so much better, but not great. Better, but not great. Better, but not equal. Not enough. Not good enough. Not fast enough. Not enough. Just like not enough. And um,
1: I think that, like you know, makes them, t- I seem to make them
0: okay. appreciate that.
1: Okay, so I do wanna pivot um, to the audience. So many good things we could be talking about here. Um, and I think we may have touched on this, but I know when we were talking beforehand, you wanted to make sure we talked about how we can ensure that these changes and shifts. Are ingrained, so we're not repeating and having this conversation with you know fifty or seventy-two yeah. years in the future.
0: I think that it is that is why if every I mean that is why you do things like those women in Montana did. That is why you um, that is why you believe in your own power to make a difference now. But it doesn't. You know, change happens, it, there's like a long period of time where nothing happens and then all of a sudden there's like a whole burst of progress. But one element that's always present in that is it doesn't, it's not leaders on their own, it's they are pushed that way by um, by the by the people in the country who say, you know, like they see things not going the way they should and change stuff in their own lives. They speak out more, they engage more, uh, they run for office themselves. I mean, I really feel like that is um, that is needed. But it's, it's, it it comes from this, you know, level. I had that sense after we lost in sixteen. I was like, this is not, you know, we were into this for a long haul, and the answer isn't going to come from Washington. It's not going to come. It's not going to come from the
1: Bay Area either. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna come from people. I mean, it's a pleasant surprise to know that. The it blueprint matters. is out of Montana. <laughs> isn't that amazing? That's like, that was not on my bingo card. I know. Today. I know. <laughs> I was.
0: I yeah. I was. I I uh, good friends with the former governor of Montana, who was a Democrat, and uh, talked to him about like you know abortion. I was like, wasn't well, that hard? He's like, well, no, because we have we have a right to abortion in our constitution. I was like, what? You what? He's oh. like, oh yeah, and, and like a right to a clean and healthy. And I was like, wait, what? 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 What is this? It's like a really interesting.
1: Interesting, yeah. All right, let's get some audience questions in. Who wants to start us off? All right, Sam.
0: So, one very specific thing, I, in 2016, uh, during the presidential campaign, I had dinner with Mika Brzezinski, the uh, MSNBC anchor, and I was complaining to her that, um, diaper change, where? Yeah, okay. Um, and uh, I was complaining to her about how expensive Brooklyn was, our headquarters room in Brooklyn. Um, I was like, Happy apartments, $4,500 a month. I know that's nothing to you all. And I was like, are those American dollars? <laughs> those, like, what, 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 what kind of currency is that? it? And she said to me, I can tell you aren't making what you're worth. It's written all over your face. Yeah. And I didn't even tell her how, yeah, that's how I felt. I was, like, devastated. And I didn't even tell her what I was making or anything like that. And she, I was like, what do you mean? She said, it's written all over your face. I don't care what I'm paid. I just want to do a good job. I just want to be a member of the team. Like, none of that stuff isn't important to me. And I was so pissed. And I, like, came up, walked home, and I was, like, calling, like, three different friends. And they're like, yeah, that's totally you. <laughs> and I was like, can you believe she said this to me? They're like, yeah, that's 100% you. And that's when I had this realization. I was like, I'm a chump. And, and, the, and the danger is it's not just about me. It means I'm like suppressing salaries for everyone else that's marginalized. And so the next day I went into the office and I was like, I am former White House senior staff. I have cabinet rank. <laughs> I should be making more money than everybody else. And the campaign manager's like, you can't make more money than anybody else? I was like, yes, I can, because is it, oh, oh, I'm sorry, there, is there other former White House senior staff on this campaign that I'm not aware of? Like, is there, you know, no, there's not. And I have, two, you know, this is, it's like I got two residences, like this is, and so I was the highest paid person in the Clinton campaign. And, um, and then, you know, that was like a thing. It was a story. Camp, communications director makes more than the campaign manager, and the other women in the campaign were like, Wait, what? And I was like, yeah, I, you know, I, so it was, and then I was different. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't carry the like resentment that you sort of carry and that like holds you back, right? So that's like one small example, but it was a, it was definitely a like very specific moment. Shemika took all the things that I thought made me special and great, like I don't care about these things, da, 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 da. <laughs> and she like flipped, I was like, w- she just flipped it. And obviously, that would not have flipped for me so quickly if it had not been like and had not been building up. But I mean, I have some female colleagues in the room. I don't know, Mars, I act different in the workplace, right? I like, <laughs> to, you know, I feel like I, uh, yeah. It it you project something a little different that helps the other women colleagues.
1: May I just ask, like, when you stepped up for yourself and you got what yeah. you went after, did you have to? Like, were you like, yeah, or did you have any kind of No, I was kind of
0: pissed that, like, I was pissed that I had to fight that hard. I was pissed at myself that, like, I had, like, been holding myself back. And then it was also kind of like, what else am I doing, right? What else am I sort of accepting, going along with. And I just, you know, and it just wasn't how I saw myself. I saw myself yeah. as this, like, go-getter and, like, big achiever. and it, But, like, also settling. You just, it, and partly we settled because it'd be so depressing if you were constantly lamenting how you weren't succeeding at the same rate as, as guys, right? Yeah. So it, it was kind of a balance, but, you know, I just see it. I
1: mean, but I have to say I appreciate that you were pissed and, like, we're wondering like what else you had not right. done, because right. I think all too often, women, we push for ourselves, we actually get it, and then we're like, ooh, wow, you know, I shouldn't have gotten it, or it like yeah, the self-doubt right. kicks in, was but like, you there was were like was just, But
0: I was just like pissed, I was pissed that I had to push, I was pissed that, I was pissed that it was so easy in the end, kind of too, like, um, we just doubt our own arguments, and then when if you just, if you, if you, you know, I just think this is true for a lot of things in life, and it's advice I give our candidates, it's like, don't worry so much about the poll test and answer, what you think people wanna hear, like, just know what you believe in your core, if you believe it in your core, you can argue it out, and you can convince other people. People wanna be led, and they react, people respond to leadership, they respond to someone who is very certain um, of what they, you know, of what they think and feel.
1: Excellent. Yes, here, great glasses and fan, by
0: the way. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, a fan. <laughs> That's a good idea. Sorry? I said fan is a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like you're working.
2: Yeah, it, it,
1: Miles. Miles doesn't
0: like the filibuster either. Miles stars,
1: yeah. He feels your passion. Yeah. He feels your passion. He does. Yeah. Well, you just did say that all that.
0: You just did say. You just did say all that. But th- th- people have to change. I mean, th- there there aren't enough Democrats in Washington. They're not. America didn't vote for them. Okay. America did not vote for enough Democrats. Because we have a system about how we elect the Senate that is only getting worse. By the way, I think seventy something like next, like within ten years, you know, seventy percent of the Senate seats are going to be represented by thirty percent of the population or something. Something you know, it's getting that that problem is getting worse. Fewer, you know, because the because of rural states will. Population like our population in states like this will grow and shrink in those States and that that thing is gonna that thing is gonna get that thing is gonna get worse. But it is like it's up to people to make those to to have to have to elect leaders that make those you know make those changes. But now there's not you know there are not like America. I mean I travel a lot in America. People, it's different than here. <laughs> like you know it is um, and. They don't see the world the same, you know. They don't see the country the same way. And if you want to have like big changes, there need to be more. There just there need to be more Democrats elected. There are not. There are not enough of them. I mean, fifty is not. It's not enough. If you had sixty, Barack Obama had sixty. You can do a lot with that. Um, and so it's hard for you here to be able to do that because. You do have two s- Democrats. That, you know, you do, you, do, you do have all of those things. But, like, that is reflecting, those people are reflecting, like, how a lot of Americans feel. It's scary. Yes, Yes. That's not how yeah. they see it, of course. Yeah. But that's not how they see I it. Mean, These are women that feel that way. You
1: don't even need to leave California if you go to Shasta County.
0: Sure, they, they feel yeah, so. like they feel that um, they feel that they, they don't they don't even feel like they they banned abortion. They feel like they gave it back to the states. Thank goodness the courts aren't involved in this. That's like what Paul Clement, who who did the Dobbs case, that's what he says. He's the lawyer for the Dobbs case. Thank goodness the court is no longer going to weigh in on things like this. It's going to get decided at the local level where it belongs. You know, that's what they think they are. That's what they think they're doing. Some of them want about law abortion. Some of them think that it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't happen here. Um, it's, but, like, America is different. Okay.
1: Yeah. Looks like we've got yeah. two more questions, Tara, and then um, Tara and the lady with the glasses. Yeah. So kind of ripping off of that, with where you were saying that you traveled to so many places, kind
0: outside of Right. Yeah, he. Um, I, th- I think that we were in for a reckoning, right? I think that we were in. I think you know. I think we, even though, even though we're in the Bay Area and like Silicon Valley, and um, I, th- I think that we'd still discount how powerful the internet. You know what? What a change that is. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody up like a historian about this, and he was like, the Gutenberg Bible. Writing the Bible caused hundred years war followed, you know, hundred years war followed. Uh, advent of radio and television after that happened and there was mass communication that way, World War I, World War II, okay? And this is like just dwarfs either of those developments. And everyone having the power to have their voice heard and feel like they had the right and also pressure to do so, right? I like don't discount that that Russians saw um, wanted to stoke like division in America. They like helped amp it up some. and then Trump like unleashes it to a new to a new level. Um, and I think that, You know, were the Proud Boys bound to sort of emerge at this, like, time of sort of reckoning and, like, after decades of radical change in terms of the economy and demographics in America? Like, probably, but, like, he, that's what was so devastating. Is like, I knew once he won, we would never go, it was, like, too late, like, to go, like, to, like, swerve to avoid this, right? We are going to be in it. Um... But I don't. But I think it's important to know. Like I do this in my own life, but then also travel that I do for the circus. Go to a lot of red states. Talk to a lot of Trump voters. Um, you know, they're not all. Uh, they don't think they're racist. Okay. Like you know, one friend of our family who you know has a, a an adopted white son who became a, a pastor in a black church. Has a black family. Um, you know this man became very involved in the, in the in the black. You know this like older white Trump guy very involved in the black church. You know they they uh, they don't think some of them, a lot of them don't think that's what they're doing. Okay, there are that element is very present, but they think they're doing the right thing for their country. Right, they believe it just as strongly as you do. Um, it's sort of reassuring. It's also sort of devastating when you talk to them one on one. Do you really think Biden stole the election? We're well, like, I don't know. Like maybe not. Da-da. When they get pulled about it, they feel the need to, right? So this is like what I churn on all the time. Like, how do you, how do you like, kind of brush the, the, the hyperbole aside, find something to connect to. Uh-huh. Yeah, I spent a lot of time there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, oh, 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 great news. I had the magic answer, everyone. Yeah. I start with just having them see, like, wow, she worked for Hillary and she's not insane and not that nasty. Like, that is, like, kind of, like, an eye-opener for most people, you know. I talk to them about sports, things that we can, you know. I'm like, go Spartans, you know, right? Like, <laughs> You know, what about, uh, yeah, uh, you know, I find, um, I'm blanking on your coach, the Michigan coach. Oh, Harbaugh. Harbaugh, yeah, you know, like, how about that? Good for him. Like, what a goofball, but, like, he pulled it off. Um, <laughs> so, and then I say, what I find, again, like what I said before about, like, believing what you believe, I find, if you're like, well, I see it this way, this is what, you know, Neither one's, it's like they're really not, like your mom's not coming from a bad place, right? She thinks it should just belong to the states, and we see it as an activist court, like, you know, gerrymandered their way into overturning this right. They're not going to rest until, um, and she's like, well, what's, you know, and it's like, well, and then I would say, I'm worried that that same, that same, like, effort might happen here too, that it won't just stop there. Um, and I say, you know that's like that's just where I'm coming from, but like a really light touch will go. And what I find is this is true. Um, people may that you think you're not you think you're not getting through and you are. It takes a while to sink in. this I experienced this in a different sort of project. It was related to climate change and it was about farmers changing their practices. and it was like they didn't seem to be hearing hearing you and then they came back, this woman, you know, was relaying this story to me like a year later and the farmer's like, I've been thinking about what you said and I'm doing farming this way now. And you know what? It is making things better. So like just don't think you're not being heard, but if it is like talking points and anger, like it's not gonna get that won't get through.
1: All right right here with the animal it's a print it's a print like a little town in manchester 4 pounds look <laughs> up like that yeah
2: cool.
0: I think you do need to get to. I do think you need to get like a granular personal level. I think that what I have seen, sort of what I've seen work, is that can't be around anything close to politics. That has to be a problem that is like, out. You know, raising money for Ukraine. I was shocked. I, I couldn't believe. I was so happy. Such a small thing, but I was so happy that America was like all on the same page. Shocking, right? Um, Or it is, you know, this is like another experience in the sort of environment space. There's things of collaborative conservation where farmers and, uh, you know, environmentalists who normally are not aligned find themselves aligned on a small thing, and they work together on that, and they leave the rest of it alone. But I think, you know, find the thing, you know, and it may even be something dumb like sports, or it may be something charitable, or... But a way to engage outside of the fight and a pers- on, 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 a, on a personal level.
1: All right, everyone, a round of applause, please. Thanks, Jennifer Trent. Palmieri. <laughs> so thank you all so much for your your patience. We've run over a little bit. Um, I know a handful of you bought uh, tickets.